Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, August 16th, 2016, and I'm your host, Ariel Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Our guest this evening is Reverend Brian Rawls, who will be speaking about the ancient codes of Atlantis. This Thursday, on the 18th, the sun will be at galactic degree in Leo, while the full moon eclipse at 5.26 a.m. Eastern Time will be at galactic degree in Aquarius, both of which will be activating starseeds with connections to Atlantis, as well as being the anniversary of August Harmonic Convergence. This is a major alignment on many levels. Reverend Rawls is a certified psychic, a Reiki master, and he channels light languages through his guides. His gifts have been inherited from the bloodlines of the women in his family, going back dozens of generations, with his being the first male in his family to receive these gifts, which include ancient earth wisdom. His website is amagicaljourney.com, and magical is M-A-G-I-C-K-A-L, journey, amagicaljourney.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream news. I would like to thank Fiona and Vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening for any listeners that have a question or comment. If you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online starseed community, and that's at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow on it. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Now, for those who need healing of any kind for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. But please remember, if you want a stage 2 interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about 2 or 3 months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first, this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News. Well, good evening, Ariel. Good evening, Starseed listeners. Great to be with you. NOAA forecasters have predicted now that there is a 40% chance of minor geomagnetic storms today and tomorrow when a high-speed solar wind stream brushes against Earth's magnetic field. So we do have a small chance to medium chance of some solar storms coming up. Well, scientists are preparing to unveil a new planet in our galactic neighborhood 
which is believed to be Earth-like and orbits its own star at a distance that could favor life, a German newspaper has reported. The unnamed wow. planet, yeah, is to believe is believed to be Earth-like, and it orbits at a distance to Proxima Centauri that could allow it to have liquid water on its surface, which, of course, as you all know, is an important element for the emergence of life. They say that never before have scientists discovered... You're Starseed Radio Academy, empowering... What the heck? I don't know. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> it's blog talk. Up to it again there. All right. <clears throat> Well, let me let me start again. <laughs> uh, this unnamed planet is to be, is believed to be Earth-like and orbits at a distance to Proxima Centauri that could allow it to have liquid water on its surface. Now they say that never before have scientists discovered a second Earth that is so close by. NASA has announced the discovery of new planets in the past, but most of those worlds were either too hot or too cold to host water in any liquid form, or they've been made of gas, like our own Jupiter and Neptune, rather than of rock, like Earth or Mars. Now, according to NASA's Goddard Space Center's website, this planet or this location lies 271,000 times the distance of the Earth to the Sun. Nevertheless, uh, based on... uh, other comparisons that they've made of exoplanets, this one is much, much closer, some 4.7, I think, uh, light years away. So uh, it's not accessible by our current rocketry, but in the future, 4.7 mi- uh, light years away could be easily achieved, or at least we hope it could be achieved. So it's really very, very close in comparison to the immensity of our galaxy, just a little under five light years away. It's remarkable. Now, the uh, system that it was discovered in, Proxima Centauri, was discovered in 1915, and it is one of three stars in the Alpha Centauri system, which is a constellation made visible from the southern hemisphere, so those of us in North America can't see it. But anyway, that's just fascinating and quite amazing, quite amazing. They're just finding so many planets that they think could harbor life, but this one appears to be so promising, and it's so close. Well, last week we talked about that that star. I realized that was kind of a hard story to, to follow, um, as it was kind of difficult to share with you. But remember we talked about the star that was emitting light and that had scientists all up in arms about it. They'd never seen anything like it. And that mm-hmm. the thing about the star was all stars emit light. That sounded silly. But what what's interesting about it is that the... The light pulsation from this star uh, is irregular, erratic, and appears to be diminishing in a way that is um, regular. Um, uh, what am I trying to say here? Uh, uh, predictable, um, measurable, uh, not like anything in nature. Well, anyway, you know, we've heard the saying, sometimes reality is stranger than fiction. Well, about this star that I talked to you about last week, well, now scientists at Penn State are studying this star, and they have released a new study which postulates that based on the light it is emitting, an alien race may have constructed a massive device to harness the power of that star. Really, it sounds like Star Trek, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's not far off. Now, you see, this is I learn so much for Starseed News. I find out stuff all the time that I would never know otherwise. Who would have thought this possible? Well, there apparently is a theory. 
And the theory is that the aliens have constructed something called a shell. I'll explain that to you in a minute. Well, they've made a shell around this star and are siphoning off its power slowly over time. Now, the power harnessing device this article described is something called a Dyson Sphere or a Dyson Swarm. <laughs> I knew you were going to now, say that. Did you? Yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek already did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, that's just too weird, Ariel, because this is news, okay? This, Star Trek isn't so new, but this is news. Well, actually, this discovery did come out, oh, I don't know, maybe... This theory, anyway, came out maybe 25 years ago. So, yeah, that's that's conceivable, absolutely. That yeah. was in the script. Well, anywho, mm-hmm. uh, the idea is that a massive stream of energy collection is constructed all around the perimeter of a star. Now, the most obvious tool for such a system is maybe, in our vernacular, an array of solar panels. The panels essentially would form a globe all around the star and collect solar energy released over time. Now, that's just from an Earth point of view. Well, this new study in question postulates that there is an existence of the Dyson because of the way that the star is dimming over time. That's what's got them all up in arms. Now, while it's almost impossible to imagine what capabilities a hypothetical alien group might have, it's safe to say that the construction of a Dyson sphere would be a mind-boggling achievement. If such a device were built, it would mean that the civilization that used it to harness power from a star would have essentially unlimited power. Now, a Dyson sphere around the Earth's sun would produce thousands of times more energy than what the human race could ever need. Now, to further investigate this star and try to better understand if it really is a megastructure around the star or merely comet fragments, fragments that are causing the strange behavior, they're planning on a follow-up study uh, to further look at this thing. But this is really causing a big hubbub in astronomy and in science. So there you go. Penn State, of all things, has come out with this theory, and they've published it. An alien race is harnessing power from this star. Wow. That's wow. Makes you kind of stroke your chin. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, a university did that. Oh, my. Well, I want to tell all of you Starseed listeners that I did plant myself a small garden this year and love it, absolutely love it, feeding the hummingbirds and the birds and growing tomatoes and watermelons and fun things like that. Well, I have to tell you all, I've been meaning to mention it to you, that since the uh, tomato plants got old enough to sprout uh, flowers and blossoms, um, they would not produce fruit. And uh, why was that, I wondered? Well, it's because, as I soon discovered, there were no bees no bees to pollinate my tomato plants and, so, and my other plants as well. So I took Q-tips out into the garden and I pollinated these plants myself. That's a very tedious job, by the way, and, and uh, my yield was not as much as it would have been had nature taken over, but I did manage to get some lovely tomatoes. But that's not really the point, and this is the story. A study just published in the Proceedings of the Royal Science uh, B, Biological Sciences, identifies that there is a dramatic reduction in sperm count in bees who have been exposed to two of Bayer AG's, that's a company, most widely used pesticides, thiamoxithom and clonothiodin. They found that those two neonicotinoids significantly reduce the reproductive capacity of male honeybeans. 
Now, drones were obtained from colonies exposed to the neonicotinoid insecticides and subsequently maintained in laboratory cages until they reached maturity. And the data clearly showed reduced drone lifespan as well as reduced sperm viability by as much as 40%. Now, what we're looking at here is a contraceptive for bees. Now, the study continues, quote, our results demonstrate for the first time that neonicotinoid insecticides can negatively affect male insect reproductive capacity and provide a possible mechanistic explanation for honeybee queen failure and wild insect pollinator decline. Well, you know, perhaps the biggest danger of all facing us right now on this planet is the loss of the global honeybee population. The consequence of dying bees impacts us at the highest levels on our food chain. It poses an enormously grave threat to our survival. No other single animal species plays a more significant role in producing the fruits and vegetables that we take for granted every day to stay alive. And I would remind everybody that Albert Einstein once prophetically commented, mankind will not survive the honeybees', the honeybees disappearance for more than five years. And here in 2016, in a little spot in our country, uh, no honeybees to pollinate my crops. It is oh. a terrific concern. You know, we lull ourselves to sleep, we think about other things, but this is a genuine threat. Well, experts are saying that Britain is headed for a mini ice age next year, which they predict could trigger blackouts. Now, climate experts believe that the UK's topsy-turvy climate is in for a chilly twist within the next few years, as three major forms of climate change are triggering substantial cooling. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, drastic changes in ocean conditions and a weakening of the sun are threatening uh, worse winters. They say they will provide blistering blizzards. That's an odd thing to say, but let's just say blizzards and severe snowstorms for years and years to come. Now, it is thought that these will be brought about for the most part by a massive decrease in solar activity, which we've seen so far, meaning fewer sunspots and solar flares to warm up the earth. So anyway, scientists are warning that the sun's activity is at its lowest for 100 years, meaning that Earth is experiencing eerily similar conditions to the period when the last mini ice age hit, which you all probably know as we've talked about it, was called the Marauder Minimum. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with Great Britain this winter. They have had crazy weather, and certainly it has been unusually cold on those latitudes all across the planet in the summertime. Well, Louisiana has had a disaster. Uh, President Obama signed a disaster declaration for flooded Louisiana, where at least five people died, and emergency workers have had to rescue over 20,000 people. The state's hardest-hit areas included East Baton Rouge. They had some terrible flooding in Louisiana. This is news out of natural health, and it is really concerning. It is one of those things you scratch your head and go, wah. So have any of you ever felt sick after flying just to think that maybe you have jet lag or maybe you picked up a virus from another passenger? 
What mm-hmm. did you have? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you were exposed to an insecticide, a pesticide, or other toxic chemical that has been and is being deliberately, instructionally used by airline staff. Did you all know about this? Poisonous chemicals are now being sprayed on planes regularly during the flight while, while passengers are inside the plane. This process is being referred to as disinsection. Now, disinsection, or the spraying of an insecticide or pesticide on planes, is now permitted under international law. And the Department of Transportation says that it's supposed to protect public health, crops and agriculture, and the environment. The World Health Organization admits that aircraft cabins are being sprayed with what they are calling a fast-acting insecticide with passengers on board right before takeoff and during flight. And some airlines are are treating aircraft interiors with a residual insecticide aerosol right before passengers get on board. Now, residual means the effects, the toxins linger. Often they have an oil-based residue, cover surfaces. You can pick it up through your skin when you touch something that's been sprayed with this stuff. Now, these toxic chemicals are also being applied directly to the aircraft's internal surfaces. Now, all passengers exposed to these toxic chemicals agree to the conditions even if they aren't aware of it. The fact that spraying will occur on a flight is stated in the fine print when airline tickets are purchased. Many airline passengers are already beginning to report negative health effects from exposure to these toxic uh, pesticides during their flights. For example, people are getting flu-like symptoms, sinus issues, rashes and hives, headaches, swollen joints are just some of the awful effects, and far more serious issues like acute respiratory problems and anaphylactic shock have been reported. Well, naturally, and are we surprised... The WHO, uh, World Health Organization, denies health and safety issues from airline insecticides, saying there's no evidence that these insecticide sprays cause risk to human health and that the sprays are safe. Well, now, anybody knows that when you get out a can of Raid and you read the instructions, it tells you not to breathe the spray. So there you have it. It's not safe. So but they're doing it anyway. In fact, on the Internet, uh, someone caught videos of uh, the uh, flight attendants spraying the cabin at night when people were resting or asleep, uh, saturating the air with this insecticide. And interestingly enough, one of the flight attendants had a tissue put over the button of the uh, spray can, which I often do if I ever rarely have to use that stuff, uh, because she she didn't want to get it on her skin. But uh, right over the heads of the passengers, there they were, breathing it. So the only answer is, is that before a flight, uh, call your airline carrier and find out if there's going to be any spraying on your particular flight. Wow, that's really something. And here's something out of Weirdville, you guys. Scientists at Columbia University in New York have used light technology to control the mind of a living creature demonstrating that brains can be manipulated to change behavior and process far beyond what was previously thought possible. As part of a $300 million brain mapping project, the U.S. Brain Initiative carried out a study on mice 
that involve the administering of light-sensitive proteins targeted at certain areas of the brain. Once the proteins penetrated particular cells, scientists used special ultra-thin beams of light to make contact with the neuron inside and turn it on. Researchers believe that in the case of one particular mouse, the creation and manipulation of a group of neurons projected a completely new mental image into the animal's brain. Oh, that gives me chills. That gives us all chills, or so it should. Here's a wonderful story, though. comes out of the Washington Post. Volunteers have cleared up more than 4 million pounds of trash in the world's largest beach cleanup. This is a cool story. What began as a small group of concerned citizens taking action has spiraled into the largest beach cleanup effort in the world. And in less than a year, it's cleared millions of pounds of debris from the shoreline bordering India's most populous city. And the cleanup effort focuses on Versova Beach. This is a one-and-a-half-mile strip of coastline in western Mumbai, which faces the Arabian Sea. Now, historically, this coastline has been noted for its fishing, but the area more recently has been known for the vast amounts of garbage on the shore. You should see the photographs. Well, anyway, the cleanup started last October when a 33-year-old lawyer first took it upon himself to start cleaning up the beach. He said, I already had an inclination to protect the environment, and then one day I saw huge patches of plastic and filth on the beach from my balcony. The amount of plastic on the beach had to be seen to be believed. It was horrendous. It was a very disturbing sight. So... Instead of telling himself that it was the government's job to deal with the problem, this man reached out to his 84-year-old friend and neighbor. They worked together to clean up the beach, but not too long after, others started to join in. And through word of mouth and social media, other citizens gradually began to join the cause, and now there are about 200 volunteers together. And in the 45 weeks since the cleanup started, the volunteers have succeeded in removing more than 4 million pounds of litter from that one-and-a-half-mile strip of shore. Oh. That's, that's just wonderful. Look what one or two people can do. It's just awesome. It is. And uh, this eventually had to, uh, had to come out, you guys. I had wondered when this was going to happen. A Navy sailor accused of espionage has used Clinton as a precedent in asking for leniency from the court. A U.S. Navy sailor was facing prison time over photos he took with his cell phone inside a nuclear attack submarine where he was working. is now pointing to the case of Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton to ask for probation instead. He faces sentencing this week in federal court, having pleaded guilty in May to unlawful retention of national defense information via his cell phone photographs. Now, the attorney representing this man is asking for probation because he's citing the treatment of the Democratic presidential nominee in the probe over her use of a private server to handle classified and sensitive government information while serving as Secretary of State. Now, he said his client possessed only six photos, which were classified as confidential, far less than Clinton's 110 emails. So it's a case in point. At any point when we have lawless government, people will certainly begin to say, why do I have to keep the law? Right. 
And scientists have discovered something very fascinating. What do you all think about this? They have discovered a woman whose eyes have a whole new type of color receptor. And surprisingly to me, uh, these scientists have been looking for 25 years to search for this individual. Oh, it's a long story. But it was theorized some time back that such people existed. Scientists have been on the hunt for them. And now neuroscientists in the U.K. recently announced that they've discovered a woman who has an extra type of cone cell, the receptor cells that detect color in her eyes. Now, according to estimates, that means that she can see, incredibly, 99 million more colors than the rest of us. And the scientists think that she's just one of a number of people with supervision, which they are now calling tetrachromats, who live among the human race, tetrachromats. Now, most of us listening to Starseed News, you and me, Ariel, we are trichomats, Mm -hmm. which means that we have three types of cone cells in our eyes, and she has four and can see 99 million more colors than the rest of us. That's just fascinating. Now, you know, that's a good lesson in reality. We assume that the, the, the colors of reality are only the colors that we can see. In fact, the average person just assumes that reality consists of what he can see or touch or feel. Uh, alas, fact is we can see only 1% of the electromagnetic spectrum. And as a clairvoyant, I can tell you that in the higher realms of existence, in higher frequencies, there are colors that it cannot be described. So I suppose that this woman, who is not using her clairvoyant eye, but using her wonderful human eyes to see 99 million more colors, would have a difficult time telling us the kinds of colors that she can see. And people are wondering, what is her private perception like? Everybody would like to know but the rest of us will not be able to know because we can't see it. And our final story for tonight. 13 out of 15 dogs agree. Loving is better than treats. (laughs) When training dogs, (laughs) a pat on the head may be much more effective than a treat. That's right. A new study suggests that most dogs respond more positively to praise than to food. Researchers scanned the brains of 15 dogs of various breeds. There we go, brain scanning again, you guys. Anyway, they scanned the brains of 15 dogs of various breeds while presenting objects paired with rewards. For example, after the scientists showed the canines a toy car, their owners would praise them. In other tests, the researchers gave the dogs a toy horse and a piece of a hot dog. Well, the scans revealed that when praised, 13 of the dogs showed equal or greater levels of brain activity in the region that controls decision-making and signals reward than when they received food, according to the scientists. So if you want your dog to cooperate and want to train him, give him lots and lots of love. That's the answer. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And it... Indeed, we, we do know we do know that animals sense love, feel love, have emotions, and are far more intelligent than the average person gives them credit for. So what a beautiful place is this earth that we live. And what what immense numbers of opportunities each one of us has to make a difference in this world right now. It's never been more needed. You all probably get tired of me saying that, but it is true, you know. So life is full of beauty. Notice it, 
Notice the bumblebee if you're fortunate enough to see one. Notice the small child and the smiling faces. Smell the rain and feel the wind. Live your life to the fullest potential. And please, by all means, fight for your dreams. Well, that's it for tonight's news, Ariel. We will speak again next week. That's some amazing, amazing stories. I'm so glad that you brought them to our attention. And uh, thanks again for a great job with the Starseed News. You're welcome. My pleasure. Okay. Well, at this time, I am going to bring Lavendar on. Hello, Lavendar. Here. Hello. Um, I am going to, now now I'm going to get Brian's mic open. Just a second. Let me find you on the switchboard. Okay. Brian, welcome to the show. Hello, Ariel. Hello, Lavendar. How are you? Good. Oh, well, Brian, I want you to start off by telling us a little bit about you as a child and growing up and how different you thought you were from other people. We have a very awake audience, so just go ahead and tell us what has happened to you to bring you to the place where you are now. Well, it all started um, basically when I um, was born. My um, I was actually born with a call, my uh, my amniotic or or my placenta was actually stuck to my forehead, and um, my grandmother. She was, uh, she's basically full-blooded uh, Romanian gypsy, and she uh, she always knew that um, most of the women came in with a call, and she uh, saw that I came in with a call, and that uh, meant that I had the gift of prophecy. So as uh, I was growing, uh, growing up and uh, going into uh, my early, um, my early uh about seven years old, uh, I started noticing that I was seeing uh, seeing beings that other people did not see, and uh, also knowing uh, knowing things about people that uh, other people didn't know, as well as hearing uh, and feeling. And I went to my two uh, my two. I guess you would say my mentors, which would uh, was my aunt and my grandmother. My grandmother was uh, a professional medium out of Calvertsport, Pennsylvania, and uh, she um, I used to sit on her lap when she'd done readings and used to soak uh, soak up all the uh, spiritual energy. And during uh, during the time from seven to probably about uh, probably about. 13 as I was going into uh, school and middle school, um, I started becoming a misfit, talking uh, to people that uh, that other people could not see. And one of my friends asked me who I was talking to, and I explained to them, uh, to, uh, to them how, who I was talking to. And they were like, they're not there, and bullied me to a, uh, to a certain extent where I was um I was very emotional and uh I detached myself from um the social activities at school and my mother pulled me out of school and started homeschooling me. My father homeschooled me during the uh, uh during the evening um and I would uh do my spiritual studies during the morning time which my grandmother would teach me the tarot cards 
also teach me a little bit of astrology, numerology, um, the scrying with the crystal ball, um, the um, almost like the cliched um, items that a gypsy would use. And um, as that uh, kind of went into um, phase, and after I finished uh, school, went into uh, the nursing uh, field, um, because I kind of wanted a uh, stable foot as um, in society and working with uh, humanity with my healing gifts. So I was a nurse, and um, that was almost detrimental to my body um, because I would take home my clients' pains. And then uh, one evening, I, uh, I went to bed that evening after getting off work of a 12-hour shift, and I was woken up by um, my main guide, which is Satora, uh, and then right behind her was Ariana, which is my fairy. And I have um, the fairy guide has been with me uh, also since birth, but she didn't show up until then. Uh, and she was. Uh, they both asked me uh, to work full time for spirit. So. From the age about, um, well, I worked professionally as a um, psychic medium from the age of se- uh, 17 until uh, now, but I had that side job as a nurse. Um, but I took full-time uh, call for sp- uh, to work for the spirit world, and then as I kind of get gotten heavier and heavier with um, my meditations and stuff, that's when the Galactic um, Masters and um, the Star Key Codes and the uh, Codexes and the Library started opening up for me. And I read from the Akashic Records as well as the Galactic Records. And um, what my guides call me is an ancient scribe. And uh, with that scribe energy, I speak light language, uh, which is spoken to me in my ear and I repeat it out. And um, it it all unfold, uh, unfolded by me speaking light language in my sleep and my partner uh, waking me up in the middle of the night uh, asking me what I was saying. And then after that, it just uh, started going along in my sessions and um, the the whole um, the whole speaking in uh, light language. Uh, I began to start downloading different dialects. So as of right now, I I, I know from what Satora has told me, as well as also some of my other guides uh, that are uh, listed on my website, um, that there's uh, right at 175 different galactic dialects that I uh, channel. And they keep on saying that there's more to come. And I'm like, so how much can one person or how many different dialects can one person um, speak but not understand? And they're like, it's not an understanding of what uh, what it is the human brain knows. It's about what what the spirit knows and what the soul knows because light language speaks to the divine self and the galactic self. So that was kind of how my um my abilities have grown from seven years old to now I'm thirty. Wow. 
Wow, wow, wow. So yeah. when you were in school and they and they were bullying you, um, what, what were some of the things that they would say to you? Can you remember how the kids treated well, you? Well, they would, they would call me a schizoid. They would call me... Uh, uh, they would call me the freak, or uh, they would call me the alien. Um, also, uh, using derogatory terms uh, of um, my um, emotional um, aspects of myself, um, calling me real dirty names and just picking on me to extents where I would uh, almost clam up. And then there was one time when... Um, my kinetic energy got in the way and at school and I got in trouble um, for uh, actually tipping over a desk onto a boy. So um, the, the bullying leaded to um, some violence that came with my guests. That from a past life, uh, I had some, um, some past lives that I had karma from. So have you taken care of most of the karma that you have incurred in in times past? Have you worked on um, your own records? Yes, I have worked on my own records extensively. Uh, sometimes um, the galactic masters will actually pull me out of my body and I will lay, uh, uh, lay on my floor in uh, paralysis while I am um, basically off on a journey sort of speak, and during that time, um, I am actually lifted off to a mothership and um, worked on up there. Yeah, okay. So what you're saying is you're kind of human by day and E.T. by night? Sort of uh, kind of, I guess you would say that, but uh, to a certain extent, I have, I am a jack of all trades. I I try not to label myself due to the certain um, uh, due to the certain extent of not wanting to uh, label too much of my abilities because a lot of people say you need a niche and I'm like I don't have a niche I do a little bit of everything. So, but I yeah. So you kind of shape shift your spiritual galactic energies to where it needs to be at any given time is what you're saying. Exactly. I'm almost like a chameleon. Yeah. I understand that totally. Totally. So I was I was looking at the bio that you sent and I wanted to ask you more about the ancient stargates such as the one on eight eight that you talked yes. about. Can you give us a little bit more information about how you came to know about the eight eight lines gateway? Well, the Lions Gateway, I've been following the Lions Gateway for uh, quite some time, and uh, I lived a Syrian aspect uh, uh, when I actually lived on Sirius B, Cetasis. And what happened was basically during the uh, during each of the, um, during the 8-8, um, for probably the past four years, uh, I have been downloading um uh, downloading ancient stargates, uh, stargate symbols that are actually on a um, picture that I, I channel drew, and it was a stargate uh, that uh, almost looks similar to the crop circle that um, 
that was actually discovered on eight uh, eight twelve. So it actually was a very interesting thing. The symbols look almost identical. Um, and the but the eight eight Stargate uh, passed uh, almost four hundred and fifty uh, folks live on um, another radio show. Um, I won't mention their name here because this is yours, and I want to respect that. Um, but it was really big, and um, for the past four years, I was receiving these codes and had been receive, uh, receiving assignments, uh, such as like um, this one this evening, um, bringing the Atlantean codes onto planet Earth. Um, but the Syrian gates, I've been speaking with uh, the Sirius B Council, uh, Washta, Teletron, and Micah, and um, they have been downloading me with these for the past four years. To, uh, and 2016 was the second wave of awakening of the star seeds and um, the star seed energies upon planet Earth. So um, the more uh, of us were uh, were awakened on uh, passing through that stargate. Okay. So do you have um, any experience with? Um, going aboard ship, remembering and coming back, or do they give you your shots on your thumb so that you can't remember when you come back? Basically, that's how I I don't recall any of my um, knowings on the ship, but I do uh, have some vivid images of what uh, some of the ships look like. One particular ship that I uh, have dealt with in the past and uh, dealt with probably in the past three or four days is a almost like a triangular pyramid shape um uh ship and not exactly sure what that particular ship is but I know they are some lovely beings and they're really um <clears throat> really expansive uh on the consciousness and what they have been um helping me with is actually um, allowing for a lot of my uh, clients uh, to, well, basically al- allowing for that piercing through dimensions or piercing through layers to remove or activate or um, or basically expand uh, the consciousness in a way that is uh, enlightening for their divine self, uh, some of the um, some of the uh, some of the galactic things give me um, particular names, um, galactic names for uh, my clients. That uh, say, for instance, if they lived a Arcturian life, um, they will, uh, the Arcturians will come in and channel a, a galactic name. Um, it all uh, depends on how the energy is brought through me uh, because when with my white language it's not just the language it's it's tones as well as also uh, uh, frequencies that literally I step out my body and uh, and either stand on the uh, outside of planet earth and usually guided by a galactic master or uh, going up in a starship uh, or even being um, 
being just out of my body, standing beside it, and that being step in and begin to transmit frequencies through me. And they literally use my uh, vocal cords uh, to transmit these sounds that almost sound like uh, rapport, uh, that uh, is almost like piercing through the dimensions. And uh, with the Atlantean codes, what I'm finding out is that the Atlantean codes are um, basically to... um, to better help you understand the ancient technologies that uh, were once upon plant, uh, once upon uh, the ancient civilization of Atlantis. So um, these Atlantean codes are going to uh, continue to awaken these Atlantean beings that are um, that are here and present on planet Earth that have no recall or memory of these uh, discoveries or of these technologies. So let me ask you, which way will the activation happen? Will it, will it, the activation be such that it will remind the old Atlanteans of what they did and, are, and now are going to clean up their act, or is it going to activate the, the, the scientists of Atlantis that, that want to do the same thing that they did before and activate them into their, into their mastery? <laughs> which, which way would you say that Atlantean codes are, are, are slanted? Well, it's going to uh, help uh, help clean up and also uh, also allow for memories to come back that are uh, rather scientific like, but at the same time they are going to bring about uh, more of the um, more of the awakening uh, sense to it to help humanity clear up. Uh, what Atlantis has done. Okay. So um, tell us a little bit more about what you have discovered about this August 18th alignment that's coming up, the uh, lunar eclipse. I, uh, I'm looking at the chart of this, and it, it has the sun at 25 Leo 51 and the moon at 25 Aquarius 51. And that is the opening and closing of Atlantean information. Uh, That was given to me many, 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 many years ago that I was to always be watching for this particular activation. And In fact, the August Harmonic Convergence is the one that really opened it uh, in in, uh, 1987 when uh, Jose Arguelles said that 16th and 17th of of August was going to be the August Harmonic Convergence, and yet really didn't kick in until about the 18th, and on the 20th it really manifested. And that's what I mm-hmm. discovered when I was down in, in Yucatan. But please tell us what's coming through with you now with this August 18th uh, lunar eclipse. Give us some information on how it can affect us and humanity. Well, with the lunar eclipse, the lunar eclipse can uh, affect humanity in many different ways. It can awaken humanity to a certain extent to where we can go ahead and ascend before this big um, uh, big march of 2017 where our frequencies actually raise up into uh, the higher 5D frequencies. Uh, we um, The 18th of August is actually that uh, the beginning of the uh, eclipse season, uh, season and it allows for humanity to know that 
um, Mother Earth is getting ready to do her next purge, okay? Mother Earth is getting ready to uh, to basically reboot herself and um, bring her uh, energy up a little bit to where she is, uh, is sending frequencies out to humanity uh, that kind of coincide with the lunar activity and allows for what happens in the physical body I like the pains, the decompression issues within the joints, the headaches, the uh, intense, um, the intense heaviness, being up in the head all the time, and the 18th is where the body will be, um, well, the spirit will actually be merging with the body more fully and allowing for you to embody yourself. Okay, and that basically brings about um, the the energy for the Atlantean codes to better kind of circulate within the uh, crystalline grid around Mother Earth, and a lot of um, these crystals that are mined uh, within the uh, next year are going to hold these codes um, because. Not only are these uh, Lantian codes coming in with these uh, with this lunar energy, it's also going uh, this lunar energy is going to beam into, uh, or these codes are going to beam into Mother Earth and kind of seed uh, seed Mother Earth again with these Lantian stones or Lantian crystals. So uh, these particular crystals are going to be either, uh, or a new Atlantean crystal is going to be discovered or something along the lines of that that will help uh, the Atlantean memories be more opened and activated before that Atlantean spirit comes on planet Earth, as well as also the ones that are actually here on planet Earth right now. Um, It will kind of awaken... Um, uh, help awaken that second wave even more and really bring, during this time in between um, the Stargate and March 2017, loads of people are going to be uh, awakening. I mean, it's going to be very dramatic uh, awakenings uh, that happen. And the beginning of the the eclipse season is uh, is just the beginning. So it all starts on... Thursday, and the energy uh, is still going to be present on uh, Earth for for quite some time, but it's going to be at, at a um, at a very safe level for all of us Atlantean souls to kind of be be at ease with our uh, with our Atlantean self. Because some of us we uh, we weren't so good or weren't so hot in Atlantis um, due to some of the, uh, due to the fall of Atlantis. And these lunar codes that uh, are coming in uh, along with the eclipse, it's about uh, releasing and then building anew. You know, one of the things I notice about eclipses, as long as I've been doing astrology, is that they really time a 19-year period. It closes mm-hmm. or and it opens another one. So um, that's really interesting that if we look back to see what happened 19 years ago, I'm sure it had something to do with technology on the planet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you think? Very much so. Yeah, and... Very much so. 
Now, I understand from some of the the news that we've had, we've got like 25 volcanoes that are active now and about to blow their tops. <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you think that might be part of the purging on the earth? Yes, that is most definitely the purging on the earth, as well as also uh, some of these um, horrific um, uh, accidents or almost horrific uh, incidents that are going on uh, here in the U.S., as well as also uh, in other uh, countries. It's purging through humans, and... Um, what I'm finding out is sometimes, uh, I mean, before uh, before me personally, um, before the Stargate energy of actually um, piercing those 450 people through that Stargate energy, I, uh, I personally was almost uh, to the certain extent to where I was only uh, limited to work at night due to the strange energies and the collapsing of the collective consciousness and then the rebooting of it uh, of herself. Uh, so it was almost um, it was almost breathtaking to the certain extent to where uh, it was almost detrimental to my body um, actually seeing all the dense uh, the, the dense energy before the stargate and then actually going through the stargate and then getting ready to come up into eclipse energy all of this uh, all of this informative um, informative astrological uh, um, energies all clumped together and it's like a big old cluster and what I'm finding out is that that cluster is almost like um, how your brain fires uh, neurons and um, and building new neuropathways uh, you have so many streams of energy going on that the streaming of energy uh, is so Strong to the human body. Those that are not um, aware of the light body, the light body is seriously getting a good energetic, um, a good energetic kick in the butt. So what so, you're saying um, is, we better buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a whole lot's coming our way with this eclipse. So tell us more yes. about the things that you've learned about Atlantis. And have you had any Atlantean past lives? I'm sure you have. Yes, I've had uh, at least five to seven Atlantean past lives, and most of them were either priest or priestess energies. And uh, one of them was actually an oracle energy. Um, and there was I actually uh, see what the um, the temples look like in Atlantis. And the temples that uh, in Atlantis, um, all of the uh, buildings above uh, or all the buildings on Atlantis have a crystal hovering above the uh, rooftop, which is how they receive their um, almost like electricity or lights, uh, so to speak. And that's almost like their generators, their energy generators. Um, also, their main, uh, most of their um, main transportation is uh, either 
on it's either walking on water, uh, not walking on water, but walking. Then there is uh, water type. Um, water type. I'm seeing basically kind of like water type uh, boards that they basically just step on, uh, step onto, and then they go to their destination. Um, it's You're talking about like, hoverboards. Almost sort of like a hoverboard. Yeah. And then there is. Um, and then I've seen actually the plasma uh, bubbles that um, that were once on uh, Atlantis as well. Uh, the plasma bubbles were actually uh, where uh, us as Atlanteans or uh, our certain um, familiars, uh, such as like pets or because um, on Atlantis we didn't call them pets, we actually called them familiars. That's where the um, ancient uh, um, pagans actually got the uh, name of familiar for a witch. Uh, is that's what we called our pets on Atlantis, and it was a familiar. We can actually put our familiar in the plasma bubble, and it's basically a regeneration bubble. And we also um, travel on dolphins, and traveling on dolphins uh, was uh, one way of transportation as well. Um, the The amount of information that of Atlantis is is absolutely overwhelming because um, some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it is neutral. Um, and I kind of uh, tried to stay with the uh, with the neutral because I like balance. And uh, the balance is basically mostly what uh, the main message of Atlantis is all about, is balance. Sure. And, of course, they went really out of balance. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they exactly. And that's, what, yeah. and that's what made, uh, made the demise of Atlantis. Yeah. Do you find a lot of your clients have had past lives in Atlantis? Do you find yes, that? Yes. Most 90% of my clients have had um, past lives uh, in Atlantis, and I have uh, come to find out that 90% of my clients as well uh, are either a part of my uh, my soul family uh, or a part of my sub-soul family. Um, and also... Um, nearly have the same abilities as uh, as I do from actually um, when I uh, was a galactic uh, or actually a Atlantean master um, named Ashende. Um, that was one of my names in Atlantis. Ashende, A-S-H-E-N-D-E-A. Um, I, I was actually a high priest in Atlantis. And what... Um, what I come to find out is a lot of them were actually followers of uh, Priest Shinde. Huh. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I have a lot of clients that have uh, associations with Atlantis. I'm finding that there's a seems to be a group of people that are finding us, and they all have a similar path of of reincarnation with coming in with the with soul groups. I'm finding a lot of soul groups that are coming in and they're beeping and other people are beeping and their beep beeps are coming together where they can find one another and that's very exciting to see that. Yes. <clears throat> Especially meeting with a 
uh, a Soul Family uh, member because it's like almost um, meeting with your twin flame, so to speak. Um, but it's very uh, rejuvenating and almost um, almost very uh, beautiful in its own art form. Yeah, right. Well, it sounds like that you've had a very exciting life and that you're now ready to really step out there and, and, and do what you came to do. I feel like that you're not going to be persecuted or criticized the way you were earlier in your years. I think it's your time to, to shine. So just go forward and, and bring this information, and the, and the ones that will take it will take it, and the ones that won't, they'll just stop it. So um, Exactly. <laughs> and I feel really, really... Um, uh, wonderful about your your information and how you, that you're bringing it forth. Have you written books? Do you have any books on the on these subject? Do you have you written anything about Atlantis or the codes? No, I have not. Um, I cannot write for. I can even write a sentence um, to save my life. But uh, um, usually, how I would, um, I am very backtracked on a lot of my spiritual work um, due to taking care of uh, two elderly ladies uh, in Charlotte is actually when um, so I'm like really sidetracked on my uh, on my publishing of the many books that I have uh, that I know I'm supposed to have out so but I can tell you that uh, my book will be published in 2017 towards the end Okay, good, good. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners how to find you? Uh, what is your website? Okay, so how you can find me is you can actually find me at www.amagicaljourney.com. That is A-M-A-G-I-C-K-A-L-J-O-U-R-N-E-Y.com. Or you can... Uh, you can uh, call directly to my office. Can I give the phone number? If you want, sure. Go ahead. Okay. You can call directly to my office at uh, uh, area code 586-659-9620, or you can find me on Facebook at under Brian Rawl, B-R-Y-A-N-R-A-W-L-S, or you can go to Google and just type in Reverend Brian Rawls and uh there is loads of information about me. So uh, uh, happy hunting with that. And um, there is loads of information on my website, transmissions, activations, um, meeting my guides of uh, who I work with, um, as well as also um, uh, class information and service information, as well as uh, also um, information about my radio show, which is a magical journey radio show. Um, Good. Well, at this time, I'm going to have to go now, but I'll pass you over to Ariel, my co-host. And I want to thank you so much for bringing this information to to our Starseed family tonight. Thank you so much. And I know you and I are going to have to talk uh, extensively later, but I will be be going out of town, so it will be next week or week after before I can call you, okay? Wonderful. Okay. And back to you, Ariel. Okay. <clears throat> well, um, Brian, we have some some callers on the switchboard that would like to speak with you, but um, yes, I I I have a note here that you 
were interested in doing a, a light language activation. Did you want yes, to say something? Okay, yes, go ma'am. Ahead. Uh, this is actually a light language activation to actually bring the Atlantean codes on Earth. So uh, we're going to go ahead and tap into the lunar energy, and I'm going to bring in a transmission uh, to bring the Atlantean codes back on planet Earth, if you all would like to receive. Great. Okay, so what I would need everybody to do is just take a deep breath in and center your energy into your heart space. And just allow for the energy to start to flow. We're going to uh, open the space with a little bit of light language to smooth for the evening. And take a deep breath in and listen to my voice. All right, building the space around us and bringing uh, in the Atlantean coast, connecting into the ancient coast of Atlantis. Bringing those energies through, we're going to call in a high priest, a shindai. Lakli eton, o lakhala ish entabriata ilanu orakadayin. Velogra koton, malihite la kayeshenor. Dosa numareaki en eloa, laki en hor, nasfataria mahayate ekia, dono malari ekien kum.
uh, in your dream time receiving uh, different codes uh, and corridors of uh, and opening up corridors of light for yourself uh, to begin to start communicating with these extraterrestrial beings. Um, these are um, the beings I'm feeling from Lyra, okay, uh, from the star. Um, um, very much of a, a, a Lyran feel to it. Um, Lyrans are, uh, I would say, the most closest thing to um, uh, to the um, to the energies of seeding Earth. So uh, it feels to me like you're going to be receiving a Lyran uh, perspective of how humanity is really supposed to be. Uh, Stepping up in uh, in frequency and vibration. Um, also, uh, I'm feeling as if uh, there is some type of uh, lunar ceremony that you might need to um, that you might need to do on uh, the full moon uh, this Thursday evening. Um, I understand that you're probably in California because you feel very West Coast. Um, I will also say um, they're wanting you to capture this lunar energy within the uh, substance of water. So draw down the moon uh, into a bowl of water. Make sure it's not pirate. Uh, make sure it's not uh, um, uh, metal or um, or anything in that uh, particular um, material. Make sure it's either glass or possibly crystal, and uh, and bottle that water up and save them because they're uh, save it because it's going to have lunar codes within it, as well as these Atlantean codes. It's going to be very strong for you to clear things with, so uh, it's going to come very uh, come in very handy. Oh, wonderful! Thank you so much. What about the incoming energy in my left foot? Well, the left foot, um, what I uh, pick up mostly from the left, uh, from the extremities when they are, um, when they are kind of uh, showing up within the physical body. Well, with the left foot, it feels to me like your uh, uh, I form grounding cords through both of my feet and then join into as one uh, uh, right below it at the Earth Star. Uh, so what I'm feeling here is that your grounding cord on your left foot is uh, a little bit unstable and has some distortions in it. So I'll clear that up real quick. And... And that's the great central sun for you, polarized for the good of all humanity, and never to return again upon the cause to record the record of the effect. Parallel realities and parallel universes, alternate realities and alternate universes. And stars and planets. And all galaxies. All right. So that um, pain in the left foot should dissipate. Uh, if it doesn't, you're more than welcome to. Uh, actually, I think we have a session already set up, uh, Kareem. So I look forward to that session. Okay. 
so do I. Thank you so much, Brian. You're very Brian. welcome, my dog. Thanks for calling, Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Okay. okay. Uh, our next caller is named Susan. And I'll get your mic open here. Hi, Susan. You're on the air with Brian. Hi, Brian. Hi, everyone. Hello. Um, you really piqued my interest with the um, information about Atlantis. I was going to ask about my lost pet, but I'm all, I'm really interested in knowing about my life in Atlantis because I've been told that I had one there. Um, okay. So um, your name is what again, Susan? Yes, Susan. Okay, Susan. So what I'm picking up with your energy field and your energy signature, your energy signature has Atlantis all over it, okay? And that's showing me that these Atlantean codes are actually going to begin to activate for you during your dream time, and you're going to be brought into um, particular time uh, uh, time frames and visions within uh, Atlantis. You may have it this evening. You may have it towards uh, the... Um, towards the full moon, like maybe tomorrow evening. But uh, those dreams are going to uh, recall memories for you of your lifetime as a Atlantean priestess. Now, this Atlantean priestess, well, actually also Atlantean uh, scientist as well because there's some definitely scientific knowledge within that um, brain of yours uh, that definitely um, uh, is about um, is about bringing back some of the... Uh, Atlantean technology, such as like using um, more crystalline grids and also um, activating more star knowledge of um, using the constellations uh, for different meridian points on the body. So uh, that's coming in that you need to study about the meridians and uh, the nadis and also the axational lines upon the body because uh, there are constellations that can actually be um, be either needled if you're an acu- acupuncture uh, or if you are just an energetic um, uh, energy worker, you can actually activate these energy points and energy frequencies within these constellation points upon the body um, to make sure that they uh, run along the line of the correct constellation. You'll be guided on what constellation to use um, for these frequencies to, uh, to um, kind of uh, peak in um, frequency level upon the body. Okay? So, uh, your Atlantean lifetime is really uh, prominent uh, within your energy field, so definitely embrace that and embrace that power. Yeah, and I was also told that I was a priestess, just like you said. Yes. Most That's amazing. Definitely. Wonderful. I am so glad that you resonate with that energy and uh, that uh, we can, I could spark your interest this evening. You most definitely need to uh, uh, need to bring through this Atlantean lifetime, uh, embody uh, embody her, and uh, tell her it's okay to express your gifts in this lifetime. That um, there is no more fear, there is no more anxiety around speaking your truth. 
So take a deep breath in, and I'm going to ease you through this process. Take a deep breath in. Akli ekundot reash kante et elu arre niyatai. Edurum akatariyash antate etiala arre nofu. Urbakeya daan ilelua alle ekien. Zatur kanash. Jekiata ar mehtur konofon nakiatari. Oyanakai. Oyanakia. 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 Oyanaka, the Hkolo Orin Inisht. And just take a deep breath in. All right, doll, you should be good to go. Thank you. You are very welcome, Susan. That was wonderful. Thanks Thanks for calling in, Susan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, well... um, Looks like we have we have three more callers, and that's probably all we're going to have time for. So um, next, we are going to talk to Karen, and let me get your mic open here. Hi, Karen. You're on the air with Hi. Reverend Brian. Hello, Hi, Reverend Brian. Hi. I just uh, I wanted to thank you first for taking my call. Um, I feel very blessed to talk to you right now. Every bone and fiber in my body is vibrating just listening to your voice, so I know there's a reason why I'm hearing you today. Um, My question is, on my birthday, which was last month, July 17th, um, my husband gave me some roses. I found them to be really beautiful, so I grabbed my phone and took a picture of them, and I was going to text them to my friend, and then on the photo, I noticed what appeared to be a tiny little fairy on the road. Mm-hmm. So I turned on my phone to video, and for eight minutes I was able to videotape what appeared to be a bright aqua marine colored fairy going in and out of the roses. And it seemed to listen to me talking to it because when I would say, when my children walked into the room, she hid behind the curtains. So then I told her, it was okay, just come on back, and she did. And I tried to look at it with my naked eye, and I couldn't see anything. But on the phone, I saw her clearly, and it felt like she was a like a female energy. I yes, wondered, she is a female energy, and her name is uh, Shalila, Shalila, S-H-A-L-E-L-A, Shalila, okay? And... What she is basically here for, she is your joy guide. She is basically here to bring your bring you joy and to actually connect you with uh, that earth energy that you are so desperately needing at this moment right now. Um, I'm kind of feeling as if you uh, you've had a um, uh, some issues with staying grounded. Um, so I'm kind of feeling as if. She's there to help you connect more with Mother Earth and help you uh, to receive these uh, grounding codes more to your advantage. Okay, so uh, what I would like to do real quick is uh, just ground you out uh, uh, real quick with some light language. Take a deep breath in, and we're going to rebuild your grounding cord. And one deep breath and 
ียตัวกินโมเดลก็เร
Okay, perfect. Thank you so All much. All right. You are very welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Thanks for calling, Kathy. Good to hear from you. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and um, next we're going to talk to Janet and then Vanya, and that will be all we have time for. So next, let me get your mic open here. Hi, Janet. You are on the air with Reverend Brian. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. And <clears throat> Nice to meet you, Master Brian. Hello. My question is, you are totally sparking my Elanian and Illyrian background roots, and I was wondering where you think I could be using my gifts and talents now. Okay. So let's see. Can you speak your name for me one more time so I can grab a hold of that energy signature? Janet. Janet. Okay. So let's see. Okay, so what I'm picking up is I'm uh, picking up most of your uh, most of your abilities right now are uh, centering around healing. Okay, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel as this, this healing energy is um, is directly related to the light body. Okay, the light body. Um, <clears throat> this healing is supposed to not only allow for you to heal, but also allow for your client to heal or your person that you're sending the healing to. And then there's also uh, some energy here about activation, okay? And I feel as if this activation is in a much more different way than light language. I kind of feel as if this is um, activation, possibly using numbers. Okay, for some reason I'm hearing, uh, I'm seeing numbers within your energy signature, and when I see numbers within an energy signature, that shows me that um, they are supposed to be using uh, numerical codings. Numerical codings are very powerful in themselves, uh, right? Just alone. Uh, just speaking the uh, number and speaking the number to uh, to the recipient, uh, it's just massive, massive, monumental enter, uh, energy. So um, play around with numbers. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank You're you. You're very welcome, my dear. You have a nice day. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much for calling, Janet. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and um, the last person is our own sweet Vanya, our, our switchboard, one of our switchboard producers. So, Vanya, let me get your mic open here. All righty, you're on the air. <laughs> hey, sweetie. It's me. Good evening, Vanya? everybody. Um, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, yes. we can. Oh, perfect. Okay, sorry. It was just a delayed response. Sorry. Um, hello, uh, Reverend Brian Rawls. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. Um, How are I'm, you? Oh, good. I'm well, thank you. 
Um, Wonderful. I just have a quick question about light language. Um, can you please, I guess, uh, enlighten me as to how we can connect further, um, those of us that might speak it or not speak it, how can we connect further outwards and could you enlighten me as to where I connect? Okay, so um, you are actually a, um, a light language speaker as well, but you just have to remember how to use your ability to speak light language, okay? And what I mean by... Uh, 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 remember to speak light languages. Everybody has the uh, ability to speak light language, but uh, but it may come in a different format. Some people will write it. Some people will script it, or uh, some people will script it, which is writing. Some people will sign it out with their hands. Uh, some people will tone it, and some people will just speak it. You. Uh, are supposed to speak it. So what I am uh, being guided to do is to activate your Braca and your Wernicke part of your brain. Your Braca and your uh, Wernicke part of your brain governs sound and frequency. So uh, what I'm going to do real quick for you, Vanya, is I'm going to activate your Braca and Wernicke part of your brain. And uh, that is the um, right where right where the... Um, the crown chakra and the fourth eye are. Okay, so just take a deep breath in, Vanya, and anybody else that was wanting to uh, uh, get their um, Brock and Wernicke parts of their brain activated, you're more than welcome to join in this uh, activation as well. So just take a deep breath in, center your energy and uh, uh, your heart chakra, and intend for your uh, Brock and Wernicke part of your brain to respond to this frequency and being open and activated. Take a deep breath in and just listen to my voice. Venur Raki Shantan Hilarwate ki endur. Dosa Moriaka ite ni hashana le ekwa. Venur Katarian hirta le kiano lokuramas de la kia. Oh, 
but I'm in like the second half of my life um, and I would like to know if you know what my purpose is or what I should be doing right now. Okay, so what I'm uh, picking up is uh, your purpose is uh, you're that of either a a code activator, scribe, liaison type energy. Okay, so um, liaison, scribe, um, um, 
code activator, what I would be taking up on that um, particular type energy uh, with the liaison. Liaison is uh, communication between two particular uh, uh, two particular entities or two particular beings. Um, you would be that middleman or that middlewoman to uh, to basically translate uh, information from possibly a different um, galaxy, star, planet, uh, or what have you, um, and bring their knowledge upon planet Earth. And their knowledge is basically to uh, to ascend uh, planet Earth very quickly. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, that so... great. So activating that particular... Uh, uh, particular code within your um, within your energy field, all that would basically be needing is a life purpose encodement. And what the life purpose encodement does, uh, couldn't necessarily do the life purpose encodement right here on uh, the show because it's mm-hmm. way, way too long. Um, but I can definitely tell you that if you book a session, we can definitely uh, bring through the life purpose encodement. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. You're very welcome, Wendy. Thank you for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wendy. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was just amazing, Brian. And thank you so much. You are so generous with your time, your energy, um, your work. And um, before I wrap up, I just want to repeat, your website is www. A Magical Journey, and Magical is M-A-G-I-C-K-A-L, journey.com. So you're also on Facebook, and there was another contact thing that you mentioned. What was your office number? My office number, and that is 586-59-9620. Okay, great. Well, I thank you so much for spending this time with us and, and being so generous with our audience. And um, and when that book when that book comes out next year, please let us know because you'll have to come back and, uh, and tell us all about it. Most definitely, most definitely. And I want to uh, thank you and uh, Lavendar and also... Um, um, Anastasia and uh, Tammy for allowing me to be on the show this evening, and I want to thank, uh, thank the switch for, uh, switchboard operators for uh, picking me up um, before the show and cueing me on uh, how the show went. And I want to thank you, uh, especially Ariel, for um, being such a wonderful host. And I want to thank you also, callers, for um, for um, being there as a support for uh, myself and my work. And um, much love to all of y'all. Let angel wings guide your dreams. Blessed be and namaste. Well, thank you so much. And for now, we are going to say good evening. And from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, I hope you have a great week. Make the most of this alignment. Um, Thursday, the, the the eclipse is just before dawn, Eastern time, and I'm sure you can look it up on the Internet. But I loved your idea about um, taking water in a proper vessel to capture those energies, the moon and water so, so uh, connected. Um, and then would you say drink the water? 
You can definitely drink the water. You can also store it away to use in uh, cleansings or uh, or your work. I am actually I actually have uh, five pickle jars, gallon pickle jars outside, uh, soaking up uh, the uh, moon rays. Um, I like to do it three days before and three days after to make sure I get all of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And some say I'm greedy, but I like to get all the codes um, because the three days before and three days after the uh, full moon is very, uh, very, very powerful energy. Well, I wouldn't call it greedy. I would call it a meticulously complete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being with us, Reverend Brian Rawls. And from all of us here, thank you so much for listening. And um, until we meet again, remember to count your blessings every day and live in grace. Good night, everyone. Good night. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs>